Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 133 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan S. Scott with you on Oilers Now. You can text us at any time on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. We are going to go to our Oilers Now headliner, brought to you by Touchback Safety. Touchback remains open for training and is taking all necessary precautions to ensure the safety of their staff and clients. We welcome back to the show. He is an Edmonton sporting icon. He currently does radio in Montreal. Longtime Oiler, popular player, George LaRock. George, how are you? Very good, Bob. How you doing, man? Good. Hey, look, uh, you know, a lot of these uh, appearances over the last couple of weeks, uh, we've done a fair amount of storytelling. But I'm going to get you to put your analyst hat on here. The Montreal Canadiens and the Pittsburgh Penguins playing uh, 5 versus 12. You played for both hockey clubs. Um, this is going to be a major challenge for Montreal, isn't it, George? Well, just to start, you know, the only hope that Montreal would have had is I, when I heard that there was nine cases of COVID with the Pittsburgh Penguins, I was like, okay, maybe Crosby, Malkin affected, maybe they won't be able to skate for a while. And in the last news I got that most of the guys were all minor leaguers that were not going to play in the series. So no major players are affected by this. So when I look at the two teams, Montreal has an advantage in one position in a single goal with Kerry Price, obviously. And if you look at in Pittsburgh in goal, I'm still not convinced with uh, Jerry and Murray. So in goal, advantage Montreal. But if you look at the team, the Pittsburgh Penguins, how stacked this team is. You look at a guy like Gunzel that was hurt, and then they went to get Zucker. And now Gunzel is healthy, and Zucker's still there. They're loaded up front. And I think that Montreal right now, the, the D-line is, is questionable. They're going to have their hands full with the, all the Pittsburgh Penguins forward. So, you know, as much as Carey Price could steal a game, uh, and, and, and I believe in them and stuff, I think that Pittsburgh is going to be way too much for them. There's no way uh, Sid the Kid is going to lose in, uh, you know, in the first round of the playoffs. So I think that Pittsburgh is going to pull through and uh, they're going to win. And, and I'm going to give a gift to Montreal. I'm going to say Pittsburgh in four. 
Okay. Uh, look, you played for both teams. Uh, how much did Sidney used to get up to play in Montreal? Because it seemed to me he played some of his best games there over the years. Yeah, well, you know, as much as he plays hard against Montreal, at the same time, Montreal, uh, you know, they've had pretty good success against the Penguins. Uh, you know, you know. remember one year they beat them in a playoff. So they, they don't like playing. Like, Pittsburgh were mad. When the format of the playoffs came out and they found out they were playing Montreal, they weren't happy because they know that price is a problem. And, and Montreal, the style of Montreal is hard for a lot of teams because Montreal is a fast-skating team, kind of like Edmonton. And every beginning of the season, every year, Montreal has a, like a really good start because they're a small team and they're flying. But because they're too small, even though they're fast, um, you know, after Christmas, they slow down because with the hitting and everything, when you're a small team, it takes a toll on you, and then they start losing games. They always, uh, like, they always lose a couple games towards the end of the season, and, 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 you know, and they miss the playoff by, by a bit. But now, with the playoff like, starting like this, Montreal, a small team like this that is fast, They'll be fresh right off the start, so they're going to be fast. So Pittsburgh know that it's going to be a fast-getting series, so it's going to be hard, a hard-fought series. I just think there's too much talent in front of Pittsburgh, but Montreal is not going to go uh, easy because they're fast and uh, they have really good, good, good goaltending. And I think that a Shea, and you know, Shea Weber, the question that I have with him, and as good as he is, he hasn't played for four months, and we all know that if you're a big guy and you don't play for that long. Injuries, groin injuries, injuries like this, like happens often to big right. guys that takes a while to warm up. So I hope for Montreal, Weber to stay healthy. But without four months, a big guy like that to jump into action, like full speed like this, it could get hurt too. So injuries going to be a big part of it. But, you know, if you look at, you know, for Pittsburgh, you know, they don't have big, big guy like that and stuff. I think Bustad is, is hurt. I'm not sure if he's going to be that serious. But still, you got to get full advantage to Pittsburgh. There's no way. I know some people were maybe dreaming, or, or not dreaming, but saying, would you imagine that Lafreniere went to Pittsburgh? No, they're not losing. Uh, they're not getting in the Lafreniere, uh, you know, uh, like uh, derby by losing. Well, well actually, actually, George, I mean, and I'm going to ask you one more. Well, you know what? You brought up Lafreniere. I mean, it would be pretty great if he ended up in Montreal, wouldn't it? I mean, couldn't they use a French-Canadian start? He's, like, he's way better for me because he's bigger, more dynamic. Like, he's going to make way more of an impact out of the gate in his first year in the league than Jack Hughes did. Like, I saw Jack Hughes, and I'm like, he's not an explosive skater. He's he's a quick player, but he's small. Lafreniere is not a small guy. Lafreniere is older. I mean, would, would Montreal Canadian fans not just be stoked if they could end up getting Alexis Lafreniere? Uh, you should see how many guys in Montreal that, that was hoping that Price was going to stay in, in, <laughs> at home and he wasn't going to come because of COVID. And they're happy that Domi is not coming because they want to lose. They want Lafreniere. Everybody in Montreal thinking he's the next uh, Christ coming. Uh, just to people, uh, just put the people straight in that, Lafreniere is not McDavid and Crosby or, or, or Ovechkin, he's not going to have the same impact in the first years as those three guys have. Is it's he as good, same. George, is he as good as, I think he might be as good as Taylor Hall. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, you could you could do that. You could say Taylor Hall, yeah, but not McDavid and Crosby and all those guys. But the thing is, we have to know is, how happy is Lafreniere? Think about it. 
It doesn't have to be the savior in Detroit, which Detroit's not going anywhere. It doesn't have to go in Ottawa, which we don't know what the owner is doing. And it doesn't have to be the savior in L.A. Those are the three markets that you would have all the pressures in the world. And now, how happy is he? He's going to join a team that would have made the playoff or were in the verge of making the playoff. So you could almost say that whatever team that's going to get Lafreniere is a team that's going to for sure make the playoff next year. But there's one thing that I do know is that uh, knowing people that are close to him, he doesn't want to play in Montreal. Like, of course, if he gets drafted there, you'll say all the right thing that, oh, I'm happy, uh, childish dream to be drafted by Montreal. But I've heard from people close to him that, um, that, that he's saying that, you know, obviously, has been born here with all the pressure that he here, he would, he would rather play elsewhere than Montreal, right? Because, hmm. you know, every young Quebecer that are born in Montreal knows the pressure there is when you play in a market like this. And sometimes for a rookie to break into the league and stuff and the pressure that he's going to have in, I could understand, like, is worried, like, like by, by the stuff that I've heard about it. But obviously it's out of his control. Uh, we're going to know August 10th who's going to win this lottery because the first, like, the first best out of five is going to start August 1st. So on the 10th, they're going to do that lottery, and then we'll see what team uh, is going to be able to get them. Hey, George, uh, we're joined right now by George Rock, Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers. Now, you mentioned Max Domi. Now, I was under the impression, uh, he's diabetic, I was under the impression that uh, he was going to give it seven to ten days. Are you hearing that he won't be playing? Well, you know, the thing with him, is, just before I understand it, that with this COVID thing, um, you know, like, they say that people that, that, are, that, are, that are diabetic is very, very dangerous. And you look at Montreal right now, then you, you want to sign Domi for a long-term deal. You want to be cautious about yourself. Why risking, uh, why risking having Domi play on a tournament that doesn't mean much for Montreal anyway? Montreal shouldn't be there. They're lucky to be there, and, and, and the league is happy that Montreal is there because for revenue, having big sure. market team like New York, Montreal is awesome. But again, why risking his health? Like, in Montreal, we heard, we heard a couple of cases of COVID, and now they want to make sure everything is okay. They're probably waiting to make sure that all the 52 staff, including players, is all negative before they bring them in. But again, you know, they, nobody really expects Montreal to win. Montreal, obviously, is going to say the right thing that they want to win. But I'm pretty sure that, you know, behind closed door, you know, what do you think the owners want? The owner, like, he knows that he doesn't have a shot at the cup this year. They'd rather have a chance, one of the eight chance to get Lafreniere than go in the playoff against Pittsburgh and maybe pull a miracle, beat Pittsburgh and lose the series after. So, you know, I'm not saying that they're going to want to lose, and I'm not saying they're going to tell Domi to stay at home because they want to lose. But again, if they do that, it's for his health. And right now, with, with all the cases that we see going on in and on, like even though you, you do distancing as much as you want, you you don't you know them well that when you play a game, you're sitting on a bench. What are they going to do? They're going to put another bench like beside the regular bench, so the guys are more distance while they're sitting on the bench. You're sweating when you're on the bench. You're screaming yeah. this emotion, and especially a guy like Domi in player's face, the way that he plays. So you know if. Right now, with things out, you know, the hub city is a step in the right direction to ensure the security of the guys. But with him, a situation with him where it could be really dangerous for his health, they're doing the right thing to leave it at home while they're evaluating the situation. But I'm not too sure if we're going to see him there with everything that, with that we see that is going on right now. 
We're joined by George LaRock, Edmonton sporting icon, now doing uh, a sports show in Montreal. George, I uh, want to ask you, how good is Jesperi Kokaniemi in your opinion? Uh, to be honest with you, uh, I saw him enough. I saw him a lot. Uh, I didn't like it. And just when they, were, when they drafted him, I, was, I didn't understand why they didn't take Brady Kachuk. Because and and I and then say that after one year when we had, we saw that he made the All Star game at the draft. There's many people that didn't understand why they didn't take Chuck because Montreal they they haven't had a power forward like this. For, I don't know since what since when I couldn't even tell you the last time they had a power forward like this. He's six five. He's fast. He's skilled. He's gritty. They need guys like that. Now, Kachanemi, like, you talk about his strength. There's a lot of questions about him. His face-off is not that good. He's not strong on his feet. He came in this year. He was slower. He had to go back in the AHL. Um, you know, I think that at best, he's going to be a third-line center, uh, uh, Bob. Wow. But it's wow. very disappointing to see uh, uh, his potential, what he's done. Because, yeah, he's a nice kid. He's nice and stuff, but... You know, when you drafted in the top five like that, you're, you're supposed to be in a top two line player minimum. And uh, the way that he plays, and sometimes there was question about his ethic, work ethic, the way the way that he is. But I have to say, he is to me, he is very disappointing. I'm pretty sure to the organization. But obviously, when you draft in the first round, you play one year in the NHL, and then you go back in the AHL. It's very, very disappointing, right? You get Suzuki that comes in in his first year and is already taking a spot and is above him already. So, you know, if I look at, and even, and I'm not going to talk about rail killing because that's another deception, but, you know, that's why Montreal, like right now, there's a lot of pressure on them uh, this upcoming year, Bob, because last year was one thing for Benjamin know that next year he has to make the playoff uh, and he's going to have to make the right move because they have so much prospect, so many draft picks, they can't get, they can't use them all. They're going to have to trade them, make good trades to get good veterans to help this team. But because they made the decision to keep Price and Weber, they, so they, they, they told everyone that, you know, our time is now. They need to win now. But obviously they know that they need a few uh, pieces of the puzzle to do so. I will tell you that there was people in the Oilers organization, I believe, that really liked Cock and the Emmy. Now, Edmonton drafted really? 10th. Yeah, but they drafted 10th. They didn't think, they thought he was going to be gone six or seven at the latest. There were people that liked Cock. Now, they also thought Kachuk was going three. So, but yeah. uh, there, there were there were people that uh, like I I might be a little bit more bullish on Kakaniemi than you are, George. I think he's still got a chance. Sometimes those rangy guys fill out a bit, you know. Sort of like the guys that are five eleven and one ninety, George, when they're seventeen, what? and now they're five five foot nine and a half and two hundred and fifty. You know what I mean? Well, well Bob, <laughs> let me say something to the others organization that you're listening to us right now. Do not try to get Katkenemi. It will be a big mistake. You got to be so disappointed. Maybe not as disappointed as Yakubov, but close enough. Yeah. Do not wow. see the team to get him because it won't work out. Not- I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that I think the, I think that there were more than one or two organizations that like Kaka. Maybe not at three overall. Like you're making the argument that Kachuk would have been better, and it's hard not to like Brady Kachuk. Like I think Brady Kachuk's going to be better than Matthew Kachuk, and I think Matthew Kachuk, George, is a hell of a player. So, yeah. like, I, you know, those are the sort of guys you hate playing against. Uh, George, just before we let you go here, 
Edmonton's way faster right now than they were back in the fall, right? Like McDavid looks better than he did in the fall coming off the injury. He's got some time in to train. The Oilers added Athens, CU, and Ennis. Nygaard's healthy. Yamamoto came up from the farm. Uh, they got the number one power play, the number two PK, and they got between Drysaddle and McDavid, the top two scores in the league. Do you think the Oilers, George, can go on a bit of a run? Well, j- j- just to, to tell you the first one again, Chicago is going to be a joke. Chicago is an old team. The, the prime is done. And you know what Chicago is probably upset about is the fact that they let Robin Leonard go. Yes. I, they, they weren't supposed to make the playoffs. And now they get into the playoffs. They have no one in net. They're in a worse situation in net than the others are. And even though Seabrook is back, he's so old, that team, they, they won't see anything coming. Remington is too fast, too healthy. Because when you play against an old team that haven't played for four months, it's, gonna, it's, it's hard on the body. And it's a clear disadvantage for Chicago. So the Oilers are not going to have any problem in the first round. They're going to win it in four. And the fact, and also, those, the, one of the reasons why I think Edmonton is going to come out of the West, because I really think, and I'm not saying that because I used to play for them, and people say, of course, you're going to say that. I'm going to say that because Edmonton reminds me of the team that Chicago had with, when they had the core of, of Taves and Kane at their prime with McDavid and Drysaddle. First of all, I hope they're not going to break that Drysaddle uh, dry line, the, the line that, that was when, when he, he was on pace to, 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 uh, to have all those, all those times that he did, and now he's probably going to get the heart and everything. Um, they can't break that line up because it was awesome. You, you know McDavid, whoever you put McDavid with is going to work out because McDavid makes everyone around him better, just like Mario you did. So... We, we all, we, Edmonton, with the biggest problem was find ways to separate those guys to find two productive lines, and now you have it. You have that dry saddle line that you live in pack, and then you find one, two guys to play with McDavid. You do that, you have top two lines that no team is going to be able, what are they going to do? They only have one defensive unit. They can't put two defensive unit line against those two. They're going to have to pick one or another. So that right there is a huge threat. The only weakness the others have is in that. But again, with the, the, the firepower up front and, you know, the D that are back healthy, uh, they should be able to, to outscore other teams anyway. Maybe not like back in the 80s, but I, I, I trust that the coach could find a way to, the, to get the system tied up defensively so the goalie doesn't get tested as much. But that's the only weakness that they have. But other than that, in the West, because they're playing at home, and at home, even though there's no fans, they're playing in the building. Home ice, it's, it's home ice advantage for them because they're at home. When all the other teams, they're coming in a hotel, another environment, so it's going to be much harder for them. And because of all those reasons and the fact that the others are a young team that are hungry and they want to win, all those factors, I think, they were, I think the others, they're going to come out of the West. George, awesome stuff. You're bringing it today. Thanks for your time, brother. Thanks for having me, bro. All right, that is George LaRock out of uh, Montreal. Obviously, we know to start, uh, it appears as though Ryan Nugent Hopkins on a line with Connor McDavid and Zach Cassie and Athanasiu getting the first look-see with Leon uh, Drysaddle and Kyra Yamamoto, but there's lots of flexibility in terms of what the Oilers can do on the left side. RNH, Athanasiu, Ennis, Neal, and Nygaard. Don't forget, Nygaard played part of the year with, Sh- uh, with Shane and Archibald and... Uh, you could see Innes potentially up with McDavid and Cassian and RNH back with. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Leon and Yamamoto, lots of options for head coach Dave Tippett. We'll take a two-minute timeout. Wrap up Oilers Now when we return. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Royal Pizza, pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza is offering curbside pickup, takeout options for you. For a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, eight of which are dying in, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. It is a Thursday. The Stoffer recommendation, meat lovers. We will tell you that uh, coming up at uh, 2 o'clock today, of course, we'll have a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 630 Chet Afternoons with Jayla and I. The federal government announced uh, more than $19 billion in transfers for provinces and territories so they can continue reopening their economies. You'll hear parts of today's announcement from Prime Minister Trudeau, as well as Mayor Don Iveson's reaction to the news coming up after uh, 2 o'clock. And you know what? That's part of the reason why 630 Ched is a superstation, man. Got the Oilers, got the Eskimos, um, got strong shows throughout the course of the day. Rock solid numbers. That's all you need to hear. And uh, more coming up uh, tonight on Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. What does he have? You're going to hear from 2020 Canadian Football Hall of Fame inductee Henry Burris, Columbus Blue Jackets TV analyst Jody Shelley, New Sports Chief Operating Officer Dick White on the reasons for upholding the age cap in football. Dick White. Dick White was the AD at the University of Regina when I was uh, working in communications and broadcasting and when whenever the marketing person quit, which seemed like every year at the U of A, uh, back 2000 and 2008. Dick's, uh, he's an old school guy. Uh, on this date, in 2008, this day in Oilers history, Mr. Escott, what happened? I'm watching him on Sportsnet right now. The Oilers signing Sean Horkoff to a six-year, $33 million contract. He followed it up with 53 points and 80 games the next year, was eventually named the 13th captain in franchise history. Yes, that was a contentious signing. Uh, I would assert to you that Horkoff was a pretty good second-line center. Uh, but not everybody liked that deal. And, uh, you know, the Oilers had Horkoff. Jared Stoll got traded that summer as well. And those guys were 
basically uh, two of the top three centers that Edmonton had during the 2006 Stanley Cup final run and probably second, third line center slugged in those uh, spots. They would have been fine. Again, Reed Wilkins tonight from 6 to 8. Tomorrow, for our friends at the River Cree Resort and Casino, Elliot Friedman and my play-by-play broadcast partner, Jack uh, Michaels. Uh, Oilers will be on the ice tomorrow at 11. So I'll head over there uh, to the uh, DCA and then uh, join you at 12 o'clock from the house since we don't have access into the building right now. Again, up next, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.32 afternoons with Jay Lynn Nye. On Truculent Thursday, Bob Stoffer wishing you a tremendous Thursday. So long, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.